the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Whether you're listening from far away or next to beautiful Seneca Lake, we hope that through the reading and proclaiming of Scripture, you hear God's wisdom, challenge, and blessing for you today. If you're able to worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9.30, we at Hector Presbyterian Church would love to share Christ's peace with you. As we prepare to hear the scriptures, let us pray. God, let my heart be good soil, open to the seed of your word. When my heart is hard, roll the stone away. When my heart is cold, warm it with the day. When my heart is lost, lead me in your way. God, let my heart be good soil through Jesus Christ. Amen. A reading from the book of Proverbs, listen for God's word to you. By wisdom, a house is built. By understanding, it is established. By knowledge, rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant wealth. A wise person is mightier than a strong one, a knowledgeable person than a powerful one. You should make war with guidance. Victory comes with many counselors. My child, eat honey, for it is good. The honeycomb is sweet in your mouth. Know that wisdom is like that for your whole being. If you find it, there is a future. Your hope won't be cut off. Four things are among the smallest on earth, but they are extremely wise. Ants, as creatures, aren't strong, but they store away their food in the summer. Badgers, as creatures, aren't powerful, but they make their homes in the rocks. Locusts don't have a king, but they march together in ranks. You can catch lizards in your hand, but they are in king's palaces. The word of the Lord. Our second reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew. Listen, everyone who has ears should pay attention. Jesus told another parable to the crowds. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and planted in their field. It's the smallest of all seeds, but when it's grown, it's the largest of all vegetable plants. It becomes a tree so that the birds in the sky come and nest in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in a bushel of wheat flour until the yeast had worked its way through all the dough. Jesus said all these things to the crowds in parables, and he spoke to them only in parables. This was to fulfill what the prophet spoke. I will speak in parables. I will declare what has been hidden since the beginning of the world. 
The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This past Monday morning, sometime between feeding the dog and brewing the coffee, a piece of science news that sounded like science fiction grabbed my attention. The pleasant voice of the public radio host announced, scientists have found a foul-smelling gas in Venus's atmosphere that could indicate the presence of life. Life? On Venus? Uh, uh, that neighboring planet? Wow! But just as my brain started to entertain images of silver screen style aliens, the host clarified that the life in question was possibly microbes in the planet's hazy yellow clouds. Oh, bacteria floating in clouds of sulfuric acid hardly sounds as charming as E.T. But charming isn't one of the biological signposts of life. Neither is it a criterion the psalmist gives for urging the whole creation to praise God. Everything that has breath includes microscopic creatures that inhale toxic gas, adding their voices to the cosmic harmony singing to the Holy One. If Venusian microbes can praise God, then surely earthly mustard plants growing in fields of resplendent yellow also sing hallelujah. Likewise, colonies of single-celled yeast, those fungi whose feasting is our fermentation, likewise, they glorify God. Jesus in classic consider the lilies fashion points to these small things. Look closely. This is what the kingdom of heaven is like. A seed growing to astounding size, a bit of sourdough starter expanding a lump of dough into an airy loaf these images illustrate the power of small things. But church, I have a confession to make. Small doesn't feel very powerful to me these days. I feel small and helpless to stop raging wildfires in the West and hurricanes drowning hopes in the Southeast. Maybe you've also felt despair rise in your chest, rising like sea levels, when you consider our chances of reducing carbon emissions and preventing the worst fallout of the climate crisis. I feel small and unable to affect change in our government at the state level, in Congress, in the presidency. Maybe you've also felt 
that your voice cannot be heard over the sound and fury of our politics. Maybe you too are grieving the death of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who spoke up for so many of us. Ants may be industrious, and locusts swarm as one, but in my smallness, I feel more at home with the badgers, surviving in the rocks, just surviving. Maybe you can recognize your kinship with the lizards, eking out a place in the world, darting from underneath the king's foot. Ironically, the only pint-sized powerhouse that I can recognize in 2020 is a package of protein wrapped in fat, SARS-CoV-2, the novel coronavirus. Yes, it's weak enough to kill with soapy water, but ask the families and friends of the 196,000 people who have died from COVID-19 in the U.S. alone, ask them how powerful this virus is. They do not underestimate its potential for destruction. The problems plaguing the globe, they overwhelm me. The challenges of our individual lives are no picnic either. So forgive me, Jesus, if I'm a little wary of a mustard seed kingdom. I'd much prefer a towering tree kingdom with branches for birds and shade for weary bodies. Jesus is offering a jar of starter, but I'm hungry for bread fresh from the oven. You know what? I'd even take manna from heaven arriving with the morning dew like it did for the wilderness wanderers. But Jesus pushes back. Everyone with ears should pay attention. Listen again. Yes, yes, listen, urges Professor Caroline Lewis, because we need to be reminded that the kingdom is there even when it seems excruciatingly absent. The promise of the parables, she writes, is that even when the kingdom is not seen, it is near. So let's listen again. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and planted in their field. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in a bushel of wheat flour. Friends, here's what I hear. The kingdom of heaven, God's dream for the world, isn't just in the tiny seed or the bit of sourdough starter. God is also moving through ordinary people, 
doing ordinary things. Someone who plants. A woman who folds in the leaven. The kingdom doesn't grow inevitably, but it does grow miraculously because God calls small people to small, faithful actions. God calls the small. That's God's M.O. Just ask a family of nomads whom God blessed in order to be a blessing for the entire world. Go talk to a community of liberated slaves who have just crossed the sea to freedom and are heading towards the holy mountain where God will make a covenant with them. Trace Jesus' family tree. There's Ruth the immigrant, Rahab the brothel madam, Mary and Joseph of backwater Nazareth. God calls the small. Matthew, the gospel writer, underscores this point when he quotes a psalm attributed to David, king and poet. The singer of Psalm 78 declares, I will open my mouth with a parable, sayings from days long gone, ones that our ancestors told us. We won't hide them from the next generation. We'll tell them to their descendants all about the praise due to the holy and mighty God, the wondrous works God has done. There are the headliner miracles in the psalm, for sure, plaguing the Egyptians ten times over, splitting the sea, providing food and water in the desert. And then there's one more wonder. And God chose David, the Lord's servant, taking him from the sheepfolds. God brought him from shepherding, nursing ewes to shepherd the people Israel. God dreams a kingdom of peace and then enlists peacemakers. God's mercy and justice thread roots through our rocky soil, but the seed needs planting. Anyone who has planted seeds understands that leaves don't sprout up the next day. It takes time for seeds to germinate. It takes time for yeast to make bread dough rise. And we also know one act of planting doesn't make a bumper crop. One act of kneading doesn't fill the kitchen with the irresistible scent of fresh bread. There is watering and weeding. There is shaping and baking besides. And we also know there is necessary work that does not belong to us. 
There are many partners in the miracle. There are co-workers whom we cannot see with the naked eye, microbes in the soil, yeast in the dough. And God, God is in the work first and finally. After all, Jesus told parables about the kingdom of heaven, not the kingdom of little old me, but little people like me, you and our neighbors, we are all a part of the kingdom. The work is daunting. Still, Jesus woos us with the promise of bread and mustard. So much bread, a whole bushel of flour that feeds easily 100 people, and that abundance of mustard, it is treasured for its healing properties and pungent flavor. There is more than one person can use. Bread and mustard meant to be shared. A couple years ago, Archaeologists made a shocking discovery. Among the dinner leftovers of the Natufian culture were burnt bits, the oldest bread ever identified. Established archaeological doctrine states that humans first began baking bread about 10,000 years ago, when our ancestors began farming grain. But 4,000 years earlier, the Natufians served the gazelle they hunted with homemade biscuits of a sort, likely flavored with, you guessed it, wild mustard seeds. The researchers started to imagine a new story, making bread is labor-intensive. It involves removing husks, grinding grain, kneading dough, and then baking it. The fact that our ancestors were willing to invest so much effort into this prehistoric pastry suggests that they considered bread a special treat. Baking bread could have been reserved for special occasions or to impress important guests. The people's desire to indulge more often may have prompted them to begin cultivating wheat and other cereal grains. In other words, the miracle of bread, born by creation's gifts and human hands, inspired our forebears to cultivate a different relationship to the soil underneath their feet. The kingdom of heaven is like that, quickening our hearts, stirring up our courage, motivating us to live into hope. The kingdom is not ours, not ours to complete, but Jesus would not have us 
abandon the work. Instead, he joins us. The love that kindled the Big Bang as bone of our bone, complete with gut bacteria. Jesus joins us as one of the little people, a blip on the radar of history, simply one more execution on a hill outside the capital city. And yet he is more, so much more than that. And by his saving grace, so are we. For such grace, let us give all glory and gratitude to God, speaker, word, and breath, author of our faith. Amen.